Hey, what's going on, everybody? Like, thank you all for tuning into the show. As always, I got my crew with me, Darnell and Tyler. I'm Trey, and we're coming your way with the 98th edition of the No Killer Messengers podcast. First thing we're about to touch on for this week is some UFC. We had the big pay per view last week uh, with Stipe and DC both defending their titles. Uh, so let's just get right into it, man. Um, Ozemir versus DC. Uh, just what were your thoughts on that fight, Darnell? Well, I mean, it looked like DC got past his John Jones demons. Uh, as we talked about last week, I thought the the main opponent opponent DC had was his own head because uh, you know he was he was in a bad way after that last loss to John Jones. Yeah, and even like kind of brought up a little bit um, after the fight. You know, uh, yeah. he's, he's still kind of stuck with him because he was talking about you know he's still. Fellas, if he had a lot to prove since he's took that L from Jones, even though with the whole uh, drugs and everything. So, yeah, it, yeah. It, was, it was sticking with him. I still think it was sticking with him a little bit for sure. Yeah, he, he said he felt like he said he felt like he was fighting for a vacant title. Yeah, so, exactly. So, I mean, I, but I think that was good. He, he had the right mindset of that. Uh, he still felt like he had to earn something and he and he did. He he came in focused and he walked through. Uh, Vulcan. He he almost had him beat at the end of the first, and then just did what he needed to do to finish him off in the second. So yeah, major props. That's I mean, it was one of the most clean, easy fights he's had. So yeah, I was um bounce back. Yeah, I was a little bit worried about him um in this fight, man. Um, Vulcan kind of reminded me of just like a little bit of uh Rumble. Um, a little bit just kind of heading into this fight. Uh, with Rumble, uh, you know, he had a question a couple of times. Was he there mentally, especially with his last fight with him retiring? But I uh, just felt as if, you know, uh, DC really had to look out uh, for Vulcan's uh, hands and everything in there. But when Vulcan came out there, man, he was out there was swinging him and everything. He wasn't scared of him for sure um, in that first round. Uh, but DC, DC was able to handle it and uh, was just able to go in there and just handle business and finish it out um, in the second round. So, uh, DC looked confident, man. He still looks great. Um, this is particularly for his age, man. I was listening to an, um, interview that he did, uh, it's like right before the, uh, fight. Um, he was talking about pop retiring around, um, 40. Uh, I think that was around the age that he picked, uh, just so he could be around his kids more and everything right there. And he's closely approaching it, you know, for someone, uh, his age, uh, for him to be as dominant, and just as great as he is right now, uh, I think he's about 38, 39. Um, he's mm-hmm. just fantastic. Uh, just look how he's just looking in that, um, octagon, man. He hasn't looked like he's, uh, really taken a step, um, except for probably the, uh, Jones losses, um, and whatnot. And I still had to have asterisks with that, with the whole drugs and it, um, with the whole drug issue and everything like that. But the guy just looks like he's in a remarkable shape, man. And he just looks like he's unbeatable right now. So. Yeah, I mean, pretty much if it wasn't for John Jones, most people would probably already consider DC the best light heavyweight ever. Yeah. So, so it's, yeah, man, dude just looks fantastic. I just really just can't wait to see, um, what he's going to, what's going to be in store for him down the road, man, because he's been clearing out that division, um, everybody except, uh, for Jones. So, just have to see what's in store for him down the road. 
Up next, we have Stipe versus uh, Francis Ngannou, man. Uh, just what were your thoughts on this fight? This one was kind of, uh, I feel like, a game changer for Stipe. Uh, a show you can put him up there with those great heavyweights. Uh, he, he came in against a guy that he knew was going to be throwing fire at him, and, and he took some shots. Yeah. But uh, but he he fought smart, you know. Tried to tried to stay out of range for a lot of those shots. I know he took some and ate them, and you know showed he has a championship chin. But he took Ngannou into deep water and uh, cleaned him out after that. And I mean, even even with the shots that he took early, he still won every round. Yeah. But uh, that was that was a really impressive fight from Stipe. His wrestling was good. Uh. When he had to use his hands, it was good. He he showed he was an all-around better fighter than Francis Ngannou. Uh, I give Ngannou credit. He he probably got this fight a little too early in his career. It was a little too much for him, but yeah. he was game. And you know he's he still left Stipe looking rough after yeah. that fight. And so he he moused him up and got him all swollen pretty well. But Stipe showed that he's he's a a very good heavyweight. I mean, even though it's only three defenses, but now he has the record for most title defenses in the yeah. UFC for heavyweights. It's crazy, yeah. So you pretty much touched on it, man. This, this was a good test for him. Uh, just was able to show just how much heart he had and just how much he was able to endure because Francis was landing some shots on him, man. And if you can take some shots from Francis – you got a chin on you. So uh just really just showed um just how good he is, man. And just looking forward to see him more um in the octagon as well. But uh this is what I like to just touch on with uh Francis, man. He's a young fighter. Um, you know, this is a fight that could, you know, that could break a young guy's uh heart, um, like him. So this is just be something, man, that uh hopefully he could just rebound from and just uh really just take the time and just learn from this fight. Um really just got a chance to just saw uh just how in shape he was with this fight and uh just saw how able he was also able to um with see how good he was with the wrestling takedowns and stuff too, because uh Stipe was really giving it to him when he was uh able to take him down um and whatnot. So those are really just two takeaways. Um for Francis, I think he should work on just get his get his conditioning up, and also be able to uh, defend those wrestling takedowns um, because he was doing pretty pretty good job up there. Well, on the stand up and everything like that, but uh, I think that those two right there was really what got to him because uh, he started to look like he slow was slowing down a little bit uh, coming into the second round, um, in my opinion. But uh, the guy's a great fighter, man. I'm looking forward to see more from him. Um, I disagree, uh, with you, Darnell. I think he was a little bit too young. He took this fight uh, a little too quick. Uh, should have had a little bit more to prove out there. Uh, get some more, uh, work in, uh, before you fight a guy like Stipe. Um, but just looking forward to see the guy down the road. Like I said, just hopefully this loss doesn't, um, affect him you know, in a negative way. Hopefully he can just learn from it and just continue to get better because uh, he's a young guy. So, Yeah, I mean, I, I think most people <clears throat> look at this fight for him was like, okay, now you got your first test of, you know, what being in a championship fight is like. It was his 
it was his first time having to go into the fifth round. Well, the championship round, seven to a fourth and fifth round. He's used to just knocking people out. Yeah. And and he he saw what an elite heavyweight is like. Yeah. He held his own. He he didn't get finished or anything like that. But yeah, he he sees what it's gonna take now. He has to get his gas tank up and uh there's some he he can't just win off the strength of his, his punching power. Yeah. He's gotta He's got to expand his game some, but I, I think it's definitely possible. Yeah, at, at his age. Yeah, so, so looking forward to seeing him some more, man. Um, now with this, um, after the fight, I was listening to Dana White. Um, he was saying that he would like to see DC uh, versus Stipe um, in the octagon. He was saying that uh, he would love to see that fight. I know the problem with uh, the whole thing will probably be with just DC because his man Kane is um in the heavyweight division. Uh they probably have to make it a heavyweight fight, um, of course. But uh and man, Kane needs to get his tail back in the octagon too, but enough with that. But um he was just talking about, yeah, having this uh matchup between D C and Stipe. Um just what were your thoughts on that, man, if that was to happen? I mean it would definitely be an interesting fight. I think it would draw a lot of interest uh you know, two champions fighting each other and uh, DC definitely could, he could put on the weight and compete with heavyweights. Yeah. Uh, it, it would be a really good matchup Two two really good wrestlers. I, I would give the wrestling edge to DC, you know, since he like pretty Olympic level wrestler. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, one would think the power would clearly go to Stipe, but it, it wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. I think that would be a good little coin flip too. So uh, I would, I would definitely be interested in seeing that fight. Yeah, me too. And, man. and odds are like DC might be a little lighter on his feet because he wouldn't have to cut weight. Yeah. Very true. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, I would just love to see it uh, happen, man, because like with me, do you really think there's anybody um, in both those guys' respective divisions that you want to see fight them right now? Not particularly. Yeah. Uh, both divisions are kind of light right now. So, I said, I, I would like to see Kane. Um, I think well, they would need to put this fight before Kane because DC wouldn't fight Kane if he was to beat um, Stipe. Uh, but. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I would like to see Kane, man, once he gets everything together, because that guy's just a beast. But um, <clears throat> yeah, other than that, man, I don't see nobody in the lightweight, di- light heavyweight division right now uh, that can really that really interests me with a DC fight, and I don't really see nobody else in the heavyweight um, division that will interest me with the um, Stipe fight. So uh, hopefully, yeah, they could get that done, man, because that'll be a good one to see. Uh, just yeah. those guys' styles, uh, their power, uh, be a good little chess match with those two because both can wrestle, both can hit, and just be a fun matchup, man. Agreed. Now, anything else to add for uh, UFC? No, I mean, fun card. It was yeah. Good to watch. Just say this, man. I'm kind of excited uh, for some of these fights coming up, man. I think um, Nunez and cyborg uh, i think they were pushing that i think that's gonna happen and um i think they got uh tony ferguson and um 
Khabib. Khabib, yeah, for two twenty three, I believe. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, so just down the rail, down the road, man. They got some amazing fights uh, coming up, man. This is going to be some good ones to see for sure for this year. All right, but we're about to switch over into some NBA now. Uh, about to get into my man Darnell's guy, Jay Kidd. Uh, got fired, man. What were you guys' thoughts on Jason Kidd being fired uh, by the Milwaukee Bucks? Not shocked by it. Uh, they, I've I've sang the praises of this team because of how they're made up that they could be in the Eastern Conference. I think they should be up in the higher levels of the conference competing, but they seem to always hover between that like six to eight level. Which, when you have a top five player in Giannis and just a, a lineup full of big players that can guard at every position. That that should be a recipe for disaster for other teams. Yet they just weren't able to put it together. So I don't know if it was a just bad mix of the coach and the players or or what. But I I do understand that the Bucks probably had to make a move to try to shake things up there. Yeah. It, it, when you don't <clears throat> succeed with the talent they have, I completely agree. Now, if you want to, you know, say, you know, the team traded away Greg Monroe, they lost Jabari Parker to injury. I mean, you, you can say those things, and I think they are very valid points, but it's the idea that, you know, for his whole coaching career, he's basically a 500 coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not like, you know, they're underperforming and it's not like they're killing it either. I, personally, I think it was, you know, it was the writing on the wall. I don't think anybody saw uh, Jason Kidd as the guy to lead them to the finals or anything like that. But uh, with, you know, John Santacumpo and a few other pieces that that team has, Brogdon, Middleton, they, they should be better than they currently are. Uh, let me say this. Um, <clears throat> me, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of Jason Kidd as a coach. Um, I'm, I'm just a huge fan of just how he's just willing to do it all and, uh, get a win and just stick beside his players. Um, but I will say this, uh, one thing with, uh, this whole, uh, situation, I would have, if I was like a GM or whatever, I would have waited, uh, to the end of the season because Jason Kidd, uh, Really, uh, if you kind of look at this team, man, he's never, hasn't really had a, uh, the full roster kind of play together. I think when, during, uh, his time, he had Jabari out, uh, twice with an ACL. Uh, he had, uh, last year in particular, Chris Middleton was out with the whole season. So, uh, with, due to an injury pretty much. So he hasn't really had all those guys that come in together and really mix in well. And I think he still made it to the playoff, uh, the playoffs three out of the four years he was there. So I still, I would have gave him a little bit more time, uh, just to see with how when Jabari comes back and just to see how these guys can mix well and everything like that. Um, but I will say this, um, they are better in my opinion than a six. A six seed, six to eight seed team in the East. Um, I, I think they could have done a better job than that. But um, just looking at it, man, just like I said, just with the whole injuries that uh, kids had to deal with um, with this team, 
and um, with the guys being down and whatnot, I would have gave him a little bit more time. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I can understand where you guys are coming from, though. Where? Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say where I agree with you is the fact that it does seem like the Bucks have never really had their full roster, so we don't know really what their ceiling is. We haven't even seen a glimpse of it. Yeah. But I, we all know the NBA is not – they're not as much of a win-now league as, say, like the NFL is. Yeah. But the NBA starting to approach that point where if, if you're not showing signs of anything, you're you're getting the can. True. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say, like, I, I agree with some of that as well. Like, he, he definitely had a rough go of it with all the injuries and whatnot. And I think, I think, I think he can take a lot of responsibility for the development of Giannis. And I think Giannis would even say that, uh, yeah. he, he really looked up to Jake head and yeah. trying uh, to save his job. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, definitely he, he did some good things. Yeah. But, uh, just that's the way it is in pro sports. Just if mm-hmm. if if uh, ownership knows they have a star like they have in Giannis, and the NBA is a league where basically if you have a superstar like that, you can <clears throat> create a top three type team. Yeah, and Giannis is one of those once in a lifetime type talents. So I think they just saw they needed to go after probably a marquee coach to see if they can take that team to the next level uh, with that. Uh, but you know, them's the breaks. I, I don't think kid's a terrible coach or anything like that. He's he's made it to, he's created playoff type teams everywhere he's coached. So, yeah, uh, I, I I don't think he's like he'll never find a job again. It's just okay. this one <clears throat> came and went. Yeah. Now, is there like anybody, um, any coach in particular that you guys could see uh, Milwaukee going after? Uh, for them to pick up or I'm not sure who they go after for that. I mean, probably usual type suspects. Like they'll probably <laughs> send some feelers out to Van Gundy and uh, Mark Jackson or something like that. Uh, like I, I actually think Mark Jackson would probably be a better fit just because of how good defensively that team could be. Yeah. And that's one of his, uh, a type of thing he preaches and he could still, because he was a similar type of player to when Jason Kidd played, that might still be good for helping out Giannis with some of the things that he looked to Jason to help him with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think those are the two names that'll be at the top of any coaching search. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if we don't see them, land anybody solid until the offseason. Wouldn't be shocked if they maybe go with an interim tag and just kind of leave it for a little bit for the rest of the season. But um, if it's not those two guys, it's going to be some sort of a shocking development. Um, Someone lower profile probably. um, But I mean, we'll have to wait and see. It's going to be it's going to be tough. I just wonder with uh, Mark Jackson, if he just feels too hurt by the Gold State situation, um, I, I'm sure every day he cringes at how team that how good that team is. Mm. I mean, he he built that team, yeah. and granted, granted the Kevin Durant thing was after him, but I mean, he still kind of built the core of that team, and 
yeah. kind of got kicked to the curb. So I, I wonder if that's just a little too much hurt for him to get back into the coaching game just yet. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. All right, now we're about to switch things over to my man, the silent assassin, Kawhi Leonard. Uh, we was talking about him last week uh, with his whole injury and everything, um, and him having problems with the uh, Spurs. But supposedly, uh, I think it was Jalen Rose that came out and reported this, but um, he's having uh, – he doesn't like want to really be in this, uh, San Antonio right now, um, just with the whole issues that's going on between him and the Spurs. Um, what do you guys thought – about this whole uh, report coming out that Kawhi doesn't want to be there. Well, I mean, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, like he's he's uh, usually in everybody's top three to five players in the NBA, and uh, he's basically a perfect fit for the Spurs. Like he yeah. seems to be like the embodiment of what Tim Duncan was, just in a small forward instead of a power forward center type player, but. I guess also reports were the Spurs were open to trading him uh, at the beginning of the season and things fell through. And I I, I think Kawhi got word of that. That kind of hurt him. And that that's that scar hasn't healed. And I'm not sure if it will heal. And so the, maybe I, I don't think his days are long in San Antonio, if, that, if that's the case. Hmm. You think? Yeah. Uh, oh, well, go go ahead, Ty. Yeah, I mean, uh, you can kind of start to see the blood boiling, boiling a little bit, kind of like Darnell's alluding to. But you know, I also kind of wonder if we see, you know, uh, Chris Paul go to join James Harden and uh, Kevin Durant going to Golden State, and Kawhi's like, I'm I'm missing out on some prime years here. I mean, the guy stayed in college a lot longer than most did and all that. But I just wonder if he's seeing a, you know, a window of opportunity start to close and feel like he's missing out. So he's like, you know, if, if this team isn't going to make, you know, big moves or anything like that, like he's thinking he's out. I mean, that just seems to be the mentality right now. Yeah. Yeah, this is this would just be absolutely crazy, man. Uh, because you kind of touched on it, Darnell. Uh, dude, just a perfect fit for the Spurs. I think they'd be a fool to mess around and just let this guy go. I mean, everything they can do, just offensively and defensively for that team, for anybody really. Uh, wherever he's go, he's gonna definitely be make a spark for sure. But um, yeah, I just think the Spurs would be full of us, just absolutely dumb as hell to let this guy go. Um. But you were talking about uh, you can see his days being gone sooner. Um, Darnell uh, got the trade uh, trade deadlines happening on February eighth. Um, you think there's any way possible he could be gone uh, for, with perhaps a trade uh, by that timeline? Or I'm not gonna say that's impossible. I I doubt it happens uh, this the before before the trade deadline. I, okay. I think they start seriously looking at things by the end of this year. Uh, for after the off season, yeah. But I mean, I guess if the right team came up with the right package to try to get him, I mean, I, if the Spurs were open to trading him in the off season, I don't see why they wouldn't be open to trading him now if if the right deal came through. Yeah, yeah. I I always kind of go along the premise of no players too good to be traded. 
Um, granted, I know there's the, you know, the story of back when Magic Johnson was playing. Jack McCloskey, who was the GM for Detroit, offered the entire team for Magic Johnson, and they said no. So I guess you could say, you know, possibly that a player's too good to be traded. But if the deal's right, anybody will accept any offer. Um, but once again, I just don't know that that will happen at the by the deadline, at least. It, I think that's just too soon and too much. Yeah. I, I mean, I t- I, I'll tell you who would be smart to make an offer right now. Cleveland. Yeah. Mm. I, I was going to bring that up. <laughs> they, LeBron is, I mean, all, everybody basically feels LeBron is not coming back. Yeah. The Spurs are a team he would probably waive a na- no trade clause for uh, to go play with what they have there and play for Pop. And the, and Cleveland could get a player back that is not LeBron, but is one of the closest things to him in the league and probably the closest you can get for equal value uh, mm-hmm. and and get a player with still some years on his contract. So here, here's the question for that. In your mind, is that a one-for-one one trade? Yeah, I think so. Fair. I mean, I, I think you you could possibly see in a situation like that um, maybe, at least on Cleveland's end, we also see either a Channing Fry or a Kyle Korver get thrown in while someone for um, San Antonio like a Kyle Anderson or Danny Green. I, I, I think there has to be a little bit more in that pot rather than just the one for one. But I, I do think, like I said, that is the closest thing you're, you're going to get for either guy. I mean, it's possible you might have to throw extra pieces in there to make contracts match up or something like that. But I mean, I just feel... LeBron is in the later stages of his career. Was mm-hmm. this year eighteen for him? I mean, not not that he's slowing down to be terrible or mm-hmm. anything like that, but being that he's the better player, but he's older versus Cleveland getting a younger player that's not quite as good, but will have more years ahead of him. He has mm-hmm. he he's locked in on his deal for a little while. I think that would kind of make it reasonable to do a one for one there. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. <clears throat> Just have to see how this whole thing breaks down, man. Um, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. But all right, uh, we was kind of just touching about uh, LeBron and the Cavs, so uh, just get right into them, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a fiery meeting. Um, some of them were questioning Kevin Love. Uh, I guess he, they thought he was going a little too far with his injury um, and whatnot. Um, but just what are your guys' thoughts about that uh, meeting? Um, you think it's just continuing to show that this team is just furthermore in shambles, or you think they could have used that to just rebound and get back to being the dominant team in the East? Just what are you? What are your thoughts on the whole thing? Seems like the Cavs are a dumpster fire. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like I I get that there's reason to have team meetings, but for one that this one got so leaked out to the media where we basically know everything that happened, you have the brand new player on the team and IT leading the charge to try to talk trash about Kevin Love. And it's like, (laughs) <laughs> dude you've been here a hot minute you going after one of the guys on the team that you know he he had been playing his best ball all year this year up until IT came back yeah. and I mean I 
it, I, I mean, it's, I think it's pretty clear right now that that trade did not work out well for Cleveland. Um, mm-hmm. You know, on paper, it seemed like they were getting a similar player, but the chemistry has been screwed with that team. And, and I know there's other pieces. They're an old team, and they're terrible at defense, but Isaiah Thomas getting healthy, that didn't, like, help him defensively. He, I mean, the knock on him has always been he can't guard anybody and, and doesn't really care to anyway. So this is more and more looking like a team that's not going to make the finals. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, kind of like you said, you know, the fact that this whole meeting kind of got leaked and like I said, IT kind of leading it all. It, a lot of it just seems like, you know, Cleveland's like, oh, you know, we're playing terrible basketball right now. Terrible. There are good teams that go through terrible moments. Call a meeting and that's what we're going to do. It's like, I feel like they're doing it because it's just what you do. Um, I don't know that anything's getting resolved. I mean, I, we haven't seen anything that shows otherwise from this team in a, in a while. Um, they started the season slow. They kind of found a stride, but they haven't found it since. Um, I just kind of wonder, you know, we were kind of alluding to it a little bit with the possible trade for Kawhi Leonard between the two teams, like, I, I think this team needs to start moving on from a lot of these players and just trying to, you know, put a franchise back together. Um, I, I think you can keep IT. I think that's fine. If you want to keep LeBron, that's great. Um, but a lot of these other guys, I, I think I think it's time for a lot of them to move. Um, I find it, I don't want to say funny, but kind of ironic that, you know, the team a couple years ago kind of gets a big time downturn and Blatt's the first to go. And we see another big time downturn and Ty Lue's not in the question. Now, granted, he's LeBron's guy. LeBron basically said, you know, we want Ty Lue or we're gone. And that that's what you get. So I, I wonder if Ty Lue's name will get brought up a little bit. Or are we just going to see this be a situation where it's going to be all among the players? The finger keeps getting pointed to LeBron. And we just wait and see what happens if this team, well, I'll say when this team makes the playoffs. They're not going to miss the playoffs. Now, uh, just right now, just where do you think the uh, the Cavs just rank um in the East right now. Uh, I th- think both of you is safe to say that we all got the uh, Celtics being better than them. Um, mm-hmm. You guys, what about the Raptors? You think guys think the Raptors are better than the Cavs? I'm going to say no. Okay, no. Yeah, I mean, for the simple fact of having LeBron on a the team, they make up, he makes up for a lot. Okay. Uh, it, it's it's gonna take. I mean, I, I think they're still a conference finals type team. So like okay. the only team that I I pick over them right now still is just Boston. Okay. Mm-hmm. I guess they, they'd have to show me they can get worse before I I drop lower than that. Okay. Even though I I will say I think this this is the closest I would ever put the Raptors to the Cavaliers. Uh, DeRozan's having a killer year. Kyle Lowry's solid. Uh, Serge Ibaka playing well. I mean, I, I just I think this is the closest I'd ever put 
Toronto to Cleveland, but okay. um, if if you had to have a seven game series, my money would still be with Cavs. All right. All right. Now we're about to get ready to touch into the All Stars. Um, we'll start with the East first. Um, guys, what are your thoughts about the uh, Eastern? Uh, conference All Stars. Uh, I think I got them right here. Uh, for the starters, uh, we have Kyrie Irving, DeMar DeRozan, LeBron James. He's the captain. Uh, we have Ante DeCumpo as a starter, and Joel Embiid. And for their reserves, we have Kyle Lowry, Bradley Bill, John Wall, Victor Oladipo, Kevin Love, Porzingis, and Al Horford. Uh, just thought about these guys. I mean, it, I'm not mad about any of the selections. I mean, it's, it's the all-star game, so, I mean, of course, you can find, you can wonder how is this guy not a, a starter? How is How did this happen? But I, I guess I guess I'm just resigning myself at, at, in my age to just stop caring about all-star voting. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, you know, as much as I'll agree with that, it's uh, it's a pointless game. Nobody really tries. It, it's a show. And, and I think we all can agree with that. Um, but uh, it's a roster made up of 12 players. It's it's just like the college football playoff. Someone is bound to get left out. Someone's bound to be upset. Uh, Lou Williams, Andre Drummond, and uh, was it Ben Simmons? They all took to Twitter. Uh, you know, Andre Drummond saying things like, "I guess I just need to do backflips every time I make a basket." Yeah, Lou Williams is just LOL. And <laughs> I mean, I get it. Uh, I mean, statistically, Andre Drummond, better year than Al Horford. Um, but when you're on the best team in the Eastern Conference, you get a lot of benefit of the doubt. Uh, I'm fine with the team. I have no problems with it. Just someone always gets left out. It's just how it is. Yeah, I, I will say this. Um, you know, I, I've never really been a, like a huge fan of Al Horford. Um kind of think he's uh, a little overrated in my opinion. Um, I'm just when I just look at Al Horford, I just say, okay, this is he's an okay center. Like I don't really have nothing, you know, just don't really see nothing that impressive about the guy. I think he's like averaging thirteen and seven or something like that. But I will say this: I do think Andre Drummond should have got the nod um, over him. But if you're looking at uh, just a team's record uh, performance-wise, I can see Al Horford getting in there. Um, another guy that a lot of people weren't looking at, but uh, Dwight Howard, he's having a pretty good year too. Uh, he's had have 15 and like 13 boards, uh, so he's been getting it in. Um, but yeah, like that was just my whole kind of like gripe with um, just with Al Horford. Like I'm not really a just a huge fan of his. Like I said, I think he's a little bit overrated, just my personal opinion. Um, but just for that one. And uh Embiid getting the uh just a starter just with him, uh the guy misses some games. So, um just with the whole uh issues uh with his knee and whatnot. So you know, but it is what it is. Like it's like you guys said, man, people 
you know, they vote for these guys or whatnot. So, you know, it is what it is. What can you do? Yeah. All right. Um, now just to get to the Western uh, Conference uh, for the stars, we have Steph Curry. He's the captain. Uh, James Harden, Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis, and DeMarcus Cousins. For the reserves, we got Damian Lillard, Clay Thompson, Jimmy Butler, Russell Westbrook, Marcus Aldridge, Draymond Green, and Carl Anthony Towns. Um, just thoughts about this one. I mean, it, it looks a little better than the Eastern players, but I mean, I guess that's just because there's so many more players in the, in the Western Conference. Uh, probably that also means you have more players that are going to have gripes because it's so heavy with stars. But, I mean, same deal. I'm, I'm fine with the players. Uh, uh, some some players will get mad, some fans will get mad, but it's on voting. What can you do? Yeah, this was uh this was one that was tough for me, man, because I was a huge fan of uh Lou Williams, Lou Williams this season. Uh he's the guy's been balling out like crazy, but it's kinda look at the guys that play his position and stuff, man. You got like uh, you know, for the guards you got Westbrook, Butler, uh Clay Thompson, you know, Harden, Curry, like where could you put that guy in and stuff like that. So it's like I said, it's tough. Um yeah. but just twelve people on a roster, you know, what can you do? But Yeah, the West same goes for Devin Booker. I mean Yeah. <laughs> there's just there's just not a lot you can do when it's twelve guys. Mm-hmm. Uh but then, you know, you start expanding the roster, then everybody's making it. Yeah. It's it, it's it's a double edged sword. It's a catch twenty two. Uh you not everyone's going to be happy, but I don't think it should be a situation where everybody is happy. Yeah. Now, um, kind of just brought up an interesting um, point just for the whole roster, because uh, there's 12 um, All-Stars that get voted in, but there's like always uh, like 13 people like on an actual NBA roster. Uh, do you guys think they should move it up to 13, or you, you like the 12 format, or what? Nah, it's fine as it is. It's fine as it's- it is. Basically, all that is doing is trying to appease two more players to make to get an all star nod. But I mean, really, it's all it's doing is making it harder to try to get enough minutes for all these players too. I think mm-hmm. twelve is fine. And Play I mean, better next year. Promote yourself. I don't know. <laughs> and, and, and to a point, though, if you're if you're one of these GMs and head coaches, wouldn't you almost rather have your guy not get nominated, not play? Oh. I mean, for them, of course. Yeah. I want them to pull up with a hammy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I think the same. I mean, the only one that I don't think coaches really care for would be the Pro Bowl. And that's just because it's at the end of the year. Uh, but all the other ones is like, it's mid season. Last thing you want is one of your guys to pull up with some sort of an injury. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, how many times, you know, non contact injury? You can easily, you know, sprain an ankle in the All Star game. Yeah, for for basketball, you can easily do that and be out six to eight weeks. Like as much as you can talk about expanding the roster, if they did, cool. If they don't, great. But if it were me, I, I don't want to see more of these star players with potential get hurt. All right, guys. Um, anything else to add? Uh, to the NBA before it goes to the NFL. Nope. This man, I kind of 
don't want to see it, but I kind of do want to see it, man. Uh, LeBron, uh, getting them 30,000, uh, points. Got a kind of got a gut feeling, man, that he could get Kareem's, uh, record. So it's going to be interesting to see down the uh, road if he'll be able to get it. I think I'd, any, if anybody get, can get it, uh, it'd definitely be him. But, uh, he's just tearing up those numbers right now, man. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, uh, let's get right to the NFL playoffs. Uh, not going to touch on the Super Bowl, uh, for this week. Uh, we're going to save that for next week. Uh, I'm just going to take the time to talk about last week's games. Um, so first game we're about to get into is Minnesota versus Philly. Uh, what were you guys thought about that? Guess, guess the thoughts of having that home Super Bowl. <laughs> just Minnesota must have been looking ahead. I don't know, but yeah, but boy, it, it, it it was disappointing though because it was it was still for all intents and purposes a game at the half. Yeah, yeah, that, it was. At least to me, it was disappointing. Uh, oh, highly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess I, I was. Yeah, I mean, we two two of the. I mean, in reality, three of the best defenses were in this were in the uh, championship games, mm-hmm. and Minnesota statistically being what a top two or three did not look like it at all. Nick Foles was passing all over. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, we'll talk about the other one later, but yeah. The better, the best yeah. two considered defenses left in the playoffs, both just kind of got worked over. Yeah. Do and he, I guess this is a question for both of you guys. We've seen Nick Foles, especially with his first stint with uh, with the Eagles, really kill it and look like he kind of did in this NFC Championship game. I, I don't want to look ahead, so I won't ask the question this way. But is the NFC Championship Nick Foles the Nick Foles, or is the second round game against Atlanta the Nick Foles? Like, who who do you think Nick Foles is? And I think it's kind of a dumb way to phrase it, but which one do you think he's more <laughs> like? Well, honestly, I think he's closer to this week because they. They switched the offense up to fit what he ran when he was a starter in Philly the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that made him comfortable and he excelled. Cause I, Foles is, he's a reasonably athletic quarterback. So they, they did some stuff to get him moving out and making easier passes for him. And they, they schemed the game to get receivers open for him. It's not like he, he was just dissecting them. I, I think a lot of it was scheme and play calling, but. When he's in an offense that he's familiar with and can can run it, like he's he's not running the same plays that Carson Wentz was running because he's not that same type of quarterback. So I guess I guess I give kudos to the coaching staff for knowing what they have and and fitting the the play style to him, and he excelled because of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I can agree with that. Um, I just noticed. Um, it's a championship game, uh, Super Bowl. He better just come bring his ass out there and play. So, man, if, uh, if we get the if we get the uh, divisional round, Nick Foles, oh man, <laughs> that could be for an ugly Super Bowl. Yeah. Well, it, it was kind of funny. I had the conversation with, with multiple people. I, you know, I said this could potentially be the most disappointing Super Bowl ever. Like the worst quarterback of all time could win a Super Bowl this year. 
Like, could could you imagine if it was like, give me either of them, <clears throat> Case Keenum or Nick Foles against Blake Bortles? Could you believe that? Oh, man. I, it would be a rough ratings there. And and I I don't know if this will segue us into the next game or not, but I I texted my brother and said, thank God for Tom Brady. At least he's keeping it somewhat interesting. Yeah. Like, I mean, especially even watching, uh, you know, K- Case Keenum kind of, I don't want to say he laid an egg, but he didn't exactly play a good game. Yeah. Uh, you know, just wa- watching him play there, and granted the Minnesota defense, very, very good. But, I, you know, I don't I, I think for, for me it just kind of shows, like, experience this far down the stretch, you know, it, it plays more of a factor than we think it does. Um, granted, Nick Foles, not a lot of experience either. But if you look at what is around him versus what is around Case Keenum, uh, definitely, definitely helped him out offensively. Has more veteran receivers, uh, guys who have been on the stage before. Corey Smith has played in the Super Bowl. Alshon Jeffrey's just, you know, veteran, all that. Uh, Zach Ertz played many years. Um, you know, LeGarrette Blunt's not the lead back, but they just have voices that have been there. For Minnesota, it's a lot of young guys. Yeah. Now, just with this uh, team with the injury um, uh, that they had uh, with the Wentz um, and whatnot, um, how uh, were you guys pretty shocked that this team made it this far? Or yes, I, I am. <laughs> yeah, the, the reason I kind of put a question mark on it is I think everybody knew the defense was was good enough to get this far. Hey, defense uh, wins championships, y'all. No, yeah, uh, I, I don't think. The, Granted, it's not like their road was easy. Atlanta and then Minnesota, that, that's not exactly a cakewalk. Uh, but I, I do, I have to say without Wentz, you have to be shocked to a degree. He was the bread and butter. Yeah, I, I thought one of the two teams that they play would lock down on him and, you know, get him out of there, especially without their, MVP candidate that they had starting at quarterback, but you know they. Like I said I, I feel like they their coaches know what to do to try to get get the job done, and they did. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Um, anything else to add for Philly or Minnesota? Nope. Look. All right. <laughs> All right. Last uh, but not least, we got the Pats versus Jags. Uh, just thought I thoughts on that game. Great game. I enjoyed it. Out of those Brady specials. Yeah. I mean, I I definitely don't want to sound like, oh, Brady, 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 Brady. But the drive that he put together with about two minutes to go, or that finished up with about two minutes to go in the fourth was, like you said, that is a Tom Brady special. You just knew there was too much time on the clock. Like you're, you're thinking, there, there's no way Tom Brady is going to let them fall short with you know whatever it was four minutes on the clock or five minutes or whatever it was. 
Um, you just knew he wouldn't let him fall short. But but I think everybody needs to be looking at Jacksonville as legitimate now. Next season, they'll be one of the you know they'll probably be one of the better favorites in the AFC. It'll probably it'll probably look like I don't know Patriots again. Uh, Steelers as long well Steelers probably anyway Le'Veon Bell or no Le'Veon Bell and pff, what Jaguars third in the AFC I mean I think people might still argue second since they did make it oh, this true. far uh, sure. I mean I guess it just depends on if they make some more strides or yeah. do some things to help that offense uh, but yeah I mean they, they played a reasonably good game Mm-hmm. Uh, they were they were up most of the game, but I, I guess my one gripe is it seemed like they were playing to protect the lead that they built oh, instead of playing to to win the game. So absolutely, yeah. So I, I as much as I just praised the Eagles coaching staff, I, I put a lot of that on the Jags coaching staff. I know mm-hmm. you have Blake Bortles as your quarterback, and you didn't want to put too much on him, but you're playing a team with a quarterback that's known for if you let him hang around you will not end the game happy about it so if if you get up on the patriots you have to keep the gas going and you have to you have to step on their necks and i don't feel that jacksonville did that and you know they they almost got away with it but they i mean and and i i would say i think Jack Jacksonville's defense is legit, and I think we all know it. One drive that you let up against Tom Brady at the end, I will not blame that on your defense at all. Uh, they've had one of the better defenses all year. Uh, you know, I, I think the defense played very well to have themselves in a position with under five minutes to go in the fourth to win. Um, where where I think they kind of felt faults, I think they relied a little too much on Leonard Fournette. I mean, granted, the guy had a killer game against Pittsburgh in a good first half, but I think they were relying on him to just kind of run the clock out. Um, granted, Bortles you know, didn't pick up a couple first downs in the fourth, but I just, I just wonder, you know, did they look at Leonard Fournette to like, you know, carry it till the end? And I mean. Trying to run out the clock you know, just doesn't work against the Patriots. Like, like you said, you, you have to stay aggressive on them. And um, I think there's there's just a lot of inexperience in that organization, which is fine. I mean, you have to get the experience somehow. Um, yep. And I think it's 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 great that Jacksonville has a very competitive team. They used to be a laughing stock, <laughs> a laughing stock in the league, and. I, I think it's great that they've been able to get to the point they're at now. I think they have a very solid roster. Uh, like you said, a couple offensive pieces away, but you know, I, I think that they are legit and I don't think people are viewing them as a pushover anymore. And I think this year was a, was a great leap for that franchise. Great. <clears throat> now, uh, are you guys concerned in anything uh, about Gronk? Uh, y'all think he'll be able to clear the protocol and everything? I mean, they're going to do everything they can to get him to be able to play, but am I worried about the Patriots if he's not playing? No, just because they've shown they can win without him. <laughs> yeah. Playing, so. Yeah, no, I can completely agree. Um, I I think he plays. 
Um, the benefit is you get the two weeks, you get uh, an extra week in there to kind of rest up and kind of get things figured out. But if I had to guess, I think he'll play. Uh, and I think him playing only benefits the Patriots, whether he can be healthy enough to give it a real go or just run out there, play a handful of snaps and just be a constant threat. But, uh, yeah, I I, th- I think he'll be good to go. Like Darnell said, they'll they'll do whatever they can to get him through as fast as they can too. Yeah. All right, guys. Um, anything else to add for um the NFL or any other sport before we close this out? Because I sent it to Philadelphia, I have to say it's New England. Good luck. All right. You got anything else to add to that, Darnell? No, just get us to that last game of the year so Brady can win another Super Bowl and everybody can love him. All right. <laughs> I will be wearing my Brady jersey. Okay. I will not be wearing any Brady clothing at all. You still uh, you still got some uh you still got your Pats jerseys, no man? I still have my Ty Law one. Okay. All right. Not even gonna rock I'm that. I'm kinda surprised I got a Ty Law jersey. He oh, was, Ty Law was his man back in the day, dude. dude Ty, Ty Law's a dog. Yeah, Ty Law was a beast. Man. Once they get to the pros, I, I can show respect for just talent. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, because he's a Michigan guy. Okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, I guess real real quick, uh, if I could just throw one more random thing in there. Uh, I'm a, I'm a little disappointed because I know the Super Bowl will not be the same as when uh, the Eagles had McNabb and T.O. and all them. That was a hype Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, when when they played the Pats that year, that that Super Bowl had everything you wanted with the with the star power and the talent and all that. Uh, don't think we're going to get a similar game. Uh, I could be very wrong on that, but I don't think the hype's going to be there. Uh, but I, I I'm still hoping. For a game with three minutes to go in the fourth. Yeah, that was. Yeah, I remember that man. Yeah, that was that was yeah, a too. very hyped Super Bowl, man. I, that was a fun one to watch too, of course. But yeah, oh, yeah, that was that was a good one, man. Yeah, unfortunately, we won't get the same hype, but yeah. But all right, guys. Uh, yeah. All right, guys. I appreciate y'all for tuning into the show. Um, as always, you can check us out on YouTube, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes. Just hit us up in that search engine. Don't kill a messages podcast. We should be able to pop up. Also, feel free to check us out on Twitter at DKM underscore cast. Uh, just feel free to hit us up on there as well. Uh, but we'll catch you guys next week on the next episode. Peace.